0: Welcome to another episode of the Gospel Lifeline podcast. My name is Neil. I'm here with Matthew Statler. (laughs) The dramatic pause, Um, and we're back at it again. Dramatic, (laughs) kind of, kind of going in a new direction. Uh, So I think to kind of set this up, let's let's talk about the man. And then we're going to talk about a work of the man, because that's what we're going to focus on over the next 10 weeks is the work of this particular author. And that author, his name is Donald Whitney. Matt, what what do you know about Donald Whitney?
1: I know that in Southern, he was in charge of, I think it was uh, like spiritual disciplines class that I had to take. Yeah, me too. And uh, he's has, he has written some really good books on the spiritual disciplines, um, really helpful material. Um, I think I had to do a lot of journaling in his class, if I remember correctly. He's one of those you are fountain pen aficionados, yeah, and yeah. so that was a big part. Uh, I think I had to memorize Isaiah 55 in his class. Um just it was just phenomenal uh heart soul style work uh for the for the inner man. Yeah. Uh, praying the Bible. He writes wrote that. I, I've handed those out a lot at our with our congregation. Uh can't beat some solid resources that really help uh, spur the affections.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I had the privilege of taking him as well in seminary and um, you know, probably the class format was the same, except I memorized Matthew five. Uh, And all the beatitudes and stuff Mm, in his class—that was really that was excellent. That was a gift. Um, he's written on family worship, like uh, restoring the spiritual disciplines of family worship in the home, which I really appreciate and have gathered so much from him. I I think many probably would call him the Baptist Richard Foster, right? He's all about, uh, yeah, 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 like growing your your faith. Uh, cultivating your faith and your desire to be godly and to pursue Jesus and to love Jesus through discipline. But he, he's also written Richard
1: another, Foster without the mysticism.
0: Yeah. No, he's, he's Quaker free.
1: <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> but, well, one of the helpful things that he's written on um, it, it, uh, my brain just went somewhere else. Uh, he also wrote a book on assurance of your salvation, which I found particularly helpful, but one of the the book that we're going to focus the next 10 weeks on is the book, 10 questions to diagnose your spiritual health. And I think this is timely because, um, uh, you know, both of us, Matt, we're in ministry. We've been in ministry for almost a decade now, you know, um, toiling forward. Right. And I, you know, I think this is a good book to kind of stop and assess what's going on in your heart, you know, what is your affections for the Lord look like in this time and day and season of your life. And hopefully this will
1: be an encouragement to you guys as well. So the book that we're talking about is 10 questions to diagnose your spiritual health by Donald Whitney. And in the on the back, the question is asked, are you spiritually healthy or just spiritually busy? And he uh, walks us through 10 questions to diagnose our spiritual health. And what I think will be really beneficial, beneficial for you, listener, is at the end, he gives practical steps to rectify where you are uh, lacking. So it's kind of like a the format is sort of like if you went to a doctor and the doctor said, how's your eating? How's your sleeping? Do you need... Um, do you have enough energy? Are you getting enough, uh, exercise asking those kind of questions? And, and he does that in this book and the first chapter without much further ado is do you thirst for God? Yeah. Yeah. That's the first question.
0: Do, do we have a craving? Do we, do we thirst for the Lord? And I think that's the great, that's the threshold, right? We, we need to assess, um, what our cravings are, what our longings are, like Jonathan Edwards uh, said, he's uh, to quote him, he said, So, holy desire exercised in longings, hungerings, and thirstings after God and holiness is often mentioned in scripture as an important part of true religion. So, you know, if we think about like uh, our religion or the, the engagement aspect of our spirituality, right? So we we believe that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And through that relationship, he's prepared good works beforehand for us to do. And some of those good works include cultivating disciplines in our lives so that we would be more and more like Jesus. We would be sanctified into his image. And so, you know, that starts with this this longing, this thirsting that Whitney points out you know, I th- I love the the illustration he gives right out the gate, Matt. He talks about this uh, this pastor who <laughs> he's he's sitting in the pew. It's time for him to go, step into the box, right <laughs> into the pulpit, and get after it. And he just he takes his time, and he's you can tell he's praying. And and then he steps at the pulpit, and he's quiet, and he doesn't say a word. And then finally, he says, "Lord, I do want to know you more." And that's kind of where the sermon began. And you know, when I when I was reading that uh a little while ago, I was just thinking, I mean, that do do I long to know Christ more?
1: And I was asking the same question.
0: Yeah. And and this is this is kind of a threshold question for everybody to ask themselves. Do you long to know Christ deeper, to know him deeper? Uh, to delight in him more, have your affections uh, and desires oriented towards him. I think a lot of times we just get sucked into, well, as long as I do the right things, right? But Man, the Lord is after those things to be sure, but he's also after what's going on in our our heart, what we believe, what we feel. He wants those things as well. So do you have a thirst for God? And if you don't, there's some things, Maybe that we can unpack that, that Whitney unpacks in his book that may help you to get reoriented towards the right direction.
1: Neil, I had like a warning sign. Actually, I think it was this morning in my uh, personal devotions. Uh, we had a rough night last night with one of our toddlers, um, with our toddler. And he kept like until two in the morning, he kept trying to come into our room and he's just been on this kick of trying to get into our bed and we don't let him do that. And so it's a constant discipline, sending him back to his room. And I mean, this kid is more stubborn than me, I think, at this point. Uh, but he did it all the way till 2 a.m. And so I got up and I'm I'm, you know, got up at five. I opened up my my devotional material or you know, my Bible and my checklist of of passages I'm reading through. And I had this like moment of I don't really want to do this, that feeling. And I know I don't have that feeling normally. Normally it's like, Oh man, I can't wait to get into the word and see what God has for me this morning. Uh, I I've been doing daily devotions for a long time now. I think I've lost track of how many years I have been studying the Bible in the mornings. Uh, and this was really like the first time when I was just like, I don't really want to do this. Mm-hmm. Right. And it wasn't one of those things where I was like, Oh, I'll just wait to do it later or I'll, I'll do it. You know, um, between classes or I'll do it, you know, when I get to work before my sermon, prep. No, it was like, I'm just not interested in this. And I'm and my heart, my gut twisted, right? As I, as I as I thought that, because I was like, this is this, there's something wrong here. Right. There's some something is quenching my thirst that shouldn't be. Something is hindering my thirst. Um and I think Donald Whitney in his book, he gives three kinds of spiritual thirst. Yeah. He has the thirst of the empty soul. That's the unconverted man or woman who's just empty, devoid of God, right? Constantly in pursuit of that which we fill, that which will fill his emptiness, right? And we know money, sex, power, houses, land, sports, hobbies, entertainment, Facebook reels, you know, Twitter, whatever that is, and and TikTok stuff, Twitter threads, or I don't, I don't know what they do, um, yeah. but yeah. You have that. And I don't want to go too far into that because, well, let me say one I mean, thing. I think we it. all see it. An unbeliever is thirsty. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just one thing. I think it's important that because this helps us to minister to that empty soul who thirsts, right? Remember that the unbeliever is blind to what they actually need. Um, and they're yeah. searching the earth to find what could satisfy like and, and this is important because everybody, no matter if you're a believer or not, you're searching for what would satisfy. Like the Lord's put that Romans one tells like we, we long, we long for this, you know, we were created to long for it, to search for what will satisfy, but they're blind to what the answer truly is. So I think that's the extent to go on that, but yeah, you know, that, that may help you identify and also minister to or evangelize that person because you have the answer to what can truly satisfy Uh, so matt you want to go into the second type of thirst
1: yeah thirst of the dry soul Mm. and so the difference between the empty soul and the dry soul is that one has never experienced rivers of living water while the other has and knows what he's missing and that was this morning for me yeah um that is not to say that the dry soul can lose the indwelling presence of the Holy spirit. Indeed, Jesus said the water that I shall give him will come in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Um, but I think what we, we have is this, um, the sense of lack uh, and he gives three ways that a Christian soul can become arid and, uh, and I just I think this is this is spot on right so the first one is drinking too much from the fountains of the world and too little from the river of god yeah if if you drink the wrong thing it can make you even more thirsty hmm. yeah uh and
0: he uses the he uses an illustration here, uh, like, you know, two a days in Texas, right? It's like yeah. hot, hot football, right? He said the football coach would give him salt tablets to help minimize the loss of fluids. And during one game, he experimented with stirring salt into the drinking water, hoping the diluted form would expedite the benefits of the salt. It was a bad idea. And at halftime, he drank until his stomach swelled and he was too heavy to run well, yet he was still thirsty. You know, sometimes uh, we we drink the world's briny spiritual water, he says, uh, oh, and, yeah. and we miss the, the <laughs> drinking from the fountain out right. Outline, right? So we can become confused on where again, where the source is, where the satisfying water is found. And the confusion is, man, we're, we feel like we're going to the source, but we're, we're missing it. You know, we're outright missing it. We're drinking salt water instead of what is actually needed. And that impacts our, our hearts and our lives. Right. And I, I know I've definitely been here before. I remember one time, man, I was just like enamored with reading like theology. Right. And I, And so I was reading all these books, but guess what, Matt, what, what I wasn't reading the Bible, the Bible. I was reading all these books about the thing I needed to read. And I'm not, not knocking, reading those books. Those should, those books should be read. Uh, But what I am knocking is if you elevate something above the scriptures, then you're ultimately going to miss the fountain. And, uh, you know, like, like you said, you can do that with worldly things as well. Things that you think are good pursuits, but if you're looking for them to satisfy you, to, to, to quench your thirst, you're going to miss it. You're going to stay panting,
1: if you will. Right. And another area that I think we, we have the same issue is, is navel gazing. Uh, We're so, we're so busy drinking from the cup of the navel, right. We're, we're, We're studying our own sin or our own um, area that we just can't seem to get victory over. And we just spend all of our time thinking about what a miserable, angry person we are or um, how our lust is so consuming. And uh, we, we spend so much time paying attention to a particular sin or sins and too little attention to communion with God. Yeah. Right. That often they occur in tandem, but one shrivels the soul. Mm. It's sort of like cotton candy. It doesn't it doesn't feed us. Yeah, and and the
0: kind of fruit of that is we can often feel like God's outright deserted us, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's That's the second thing he brings up.
0: That's right. God, where are you? You know, and and he said that's perception, but not reality. I appreciated that he said that because I know I felt it. Like, Lord, where are you? Like, I don't feel your presence and the the reality is we have an omnipresent God who does not leave his children. He is always there. He is always ministering. Jesus is is interceding and advocating for every one of his, you know his kiddos at all times. you know, So um we can again, like we're longing for God, we're thirsty, but we're just parched, right? Because uh, oftentimes we we have this um confused belief that the Lord has abandoned us when he when he hasn't. Yeah. He hasn't.
1: I think an illustration is a cloud going in front of the sun, right? The sun is still there. Uh the cloud is just blocking our view of the sun. And Uh um I I think we we (laughs) we we recognize when this is happening where we're so wrapped up in God I'm abandoned. Woe is me. Yeah. Uh, where are you? And uh, I think it's Owen that talks about the difference between union versus communion. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so we'll always have union with Christ, but occasionally we will f- not feel like we have communion with him. Yeah. Uh, and, and he does that for a time. Our, the 1689 talks about how God leaves us to various devices for a while. And there's, you know, there's a discipline element, there's a uh, benefit element, and uh, there's all sorts of reasons, but... Um, so good.
0: Yeah. And then, then he goes into another cause. A third cause can be, um, uh, of, of that dryness, um, yeah. is mental or physical fatigue. You know, we can often become weak when we are in a prolonged trial, uh, or in a season of difficulty. Right. But remember that the way that weak in the body of Christ are helped, is through instruction, all right? Yep. We need we need the fountain of living water to instruct us. We need people who are going to speak that to help us, right? To to help us to become strong when we are weak. So that's the second um, type of <laughs> soul, right? The the dry uh, soul. What about the third? The third is the the satisfied
1: soul. What's the difference? So the thirst of the satisfied soul may sound self-contradictory, uh, but it's Psalm thirty-four eight, right? Taste and see that the Lord is good. He has tasted and seen that the Lord is good, right? The taste is so uniquely satisfying that he craves more. Yeah. And he brings out the apostle Paul and how Paul just talks about wanting to know him. Mm -hmm. He counts everything as loss for the sake of knowing Christ, everything is rubbish. Later on, he cries out how he he wants to to know him. So, Paul has been satisfied by Christ and with Christ, and then he's longing for more of him. Yeah, Jer- the Puritan
0: Jeremiah Bur- Burroughs uh, once said, the most Contented man in the world is the most con- uh, discontented man in the world, and what he meant was th- this idea here: you become content as you are, recognize your discontentment for how much you know and and commune with God. You want more and more and more, and the fruit of that is contentment. Um, but you, but we must always be discontented with uh, how deep uh, we have swam in the waters of our God, right? So that's the yeah. satisfied soul. So, man, if you're listening, you're like, man, but uh, I'm the dry guy,
1: <laughs> right? Like,
0: yeah, yeah. What, what do I do? What are some ways I can course correct?
1: Uh, what is What does Whitney say, Matt? Well, he starts with the blessings of spiritual thirst and how God initiates it. Um, he initiated in order to satisfy it. So God has placed that thirst within us. Uh, and then he turns to practical steps for yeah. thirsting after the thirst slacker. Right. So he who satisfies our thirst. And the first thing he hits is meditation on scripture. Oh, yeah. And we've talked about that before. We've talked about meditation. Quite a, quite a bit. Quite a bit we have. But wh- one of the things that he
0: brought up that. I think struck us both was he said you should spend 25 to 50% of your Bible intake time meditating on some verse phrase or word from what, from your reading, asking questions about it or of it, praying about it, take your pen and scribble and doodle on a pad about it. Look for at least one way that you could apply it or live it, linger over it, soak your soul slowly in the water of the word and you'll find it only refreshes you, but prompts a satisfying thirst for more. So, why is meditation? How how, how does that help us uh, to you know redirect us or find
1: the satisfying, you know, thirst that we long well, for? Well, for one one thing, man, we live in a world of information. I mean, no. we have words. Um, thrown at us. I mean, every time you go somewhere, music is somewhere, you're driving, there's music, you're walking, there's music, you're talking to people, you're reading things, you're watching things, like words are coming at us from every possible direction. Information is running through our brains. And I think in today's society, in today's economy, this is more needed uh, than ever before. And that is spending time uh, reflecting on one particular subject, section, word, or verse of scripture. And uh, that should permeate our lives and push out all these lesser words because the primary word is is from the Lord. Man does not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so that should be our daily bread. That should be what we are are feeding off of. And Neil, I've seen this done uh, different ways by different pastors. I think it was Piper. The reason he said he likes Twitter is because he does his uh, Bible reading. He takes his verse, drops it in something like Evernote, and he meditates on it. And then he likes to share that into social media. So he finds one thing to really meditate on throughout the rest of the day. Uh, One thing I've done is I have it in a, in a, a note app on my phone. And I will regularly refer to it at periods of time during the day. So if there's something that stands out in my regular Bible reading, uh, I read three different chapters in different parts of the Bible. And if there's something that I've just been I want to know more or excites me, I put it in a note. I carry it around with me uh, during the week, you know during the day and really think on it,
0: yeah. And I cut a three by five in half and write write some notes on it there keep it in my pocket throughout the day i i think of it like keeping around in your chamber right like what's the first thing you're going to go to when um, uh, you know through the course of a day maybe it's when you're struggling with something or there's a sinful you know potential response you could have you know it's just like having that in my pocket pulling it out meditating on it throughout the day it, man it, again it like reorientates my heart. It, it almost serves like a, as a azimuth, right? <laughs> like I'm shooting. If you have a lens compass, you shoot an azimuth or a direction you want to take. And having something you're meditating on each day can help you stay on course uh, or correct when you start to go a
1: degree or so off of course. And what I, what I like about that too, Neil, is that it makes the word become more alive in your life. Because as you have that, and you're carrying it with you, and things are happening in your life, and you turn to that scripture, and it is so applicable to whatever it is that you're going through, you say, oh my goodness, God's word is alive, and it is active, and this is how it has helped me. Uh, And and I find in my counseling, or in my, my pastoral duties, or my teaching duties, that verse I'm bringing that into the classroom. I'm bringing it into the counseling room. Like not only is this a word for me and my soul, but it's a word for those that I'm I'm engaging with and, and dealing with. So uh, this this is such an important area that I think I have been lacking in recently yeah. uh, because I just have, I've been keeping around in my, it's like my everyday carry that you, one day you decide, oh, I'm just going to leave this, this bad boy at home and then you need it. Right. Um, and after a while, you, uh, you neglect these, these important things. So that's just a, for me, I'm going to start being more intentional about that, uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Likewise. Then the next, uh, kind of
0: practical step you can take is praying scripture. You know, Whitney says, after you read through a section of scripture, pray through part of the same passage, whether you read one or many chapters of the Bible per day, after, uh, afterward, choose a portion of your reading and verse by verse, let the words of God become the wings of your words to him. And you know, this is the whole idea of a conversation, right? <laughs> like God is speaking to you in his word and you praying the scriptures back to him is, is you're talking back and you're there. You are having a conversation, you know, I have another podcast that me and the other pastor of our, our church, uh, do together where we just go chapter by chapter through the Bible Kind of do a little devotional, but we call it the "Breathe In" podcast. So we're breathing in a chapter of God's Word, but at the end of it, we breathe out in prayer. We pray the text, and and that's the idea here. And I can't emphasize this enough. I mean, I I don't know, Matt. You probably been you've been praying long enough, right? Where you you'll get to a point where you're like, man, i don't got nothing to say. Like, Lord, like i guess you know my heart like (laughs) you know you just or you get distracted or you know all that kind of stuff can happen praying and you feel like your prayer life is just like weak well when we pray scripture it is naturally strengthened we know what to say we we know how god is convicting us we know what god wants us to apply um into our everyday life and so we 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 speak back to him those very things that he is telling us to do and to apply and to you know be shaped by.
1: Um, I think I think it primes the pump too. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Sometimes you you don't want to jump right in and start praying about all your complaints and your needs and uh, so taking a psalm and and beginning to work through it in prayer uh, for me naturally leads into praying for my children's future spouses and praying for my wife and praying for my church. And, and um, that whole thing begins to organically flow from the text as I'm, as I'm working, but it, it warms me up to preach or not to preach, to pray. To and, pray to preach. Yeah. and then the third and final practical step that Whitney
0: provides is, you know, read thirst making writers. I, I, I love, love this. Love the way he kind of put that. And what he's getting at is like devotionally oriented, writers. Um so after you read the very words breathed out by the Lord, read some time tested works of Christian writers who who wrote with a thirst making pen. You know, I could just go on forever talking about who I love to read. Um really any of the Puritans uh have, have done this. I like I like to read dead guys because uh the book the book is closed. <laughs> on them right their theology
1: is not going to change
0: yeah right Uh, but i think especially from that era the you know the puritans were being persecuted for their faith they had to flee their own countries like they were they were living uh in that context like hungering for god's word uh i mean god's word had just become really readily available to them and uh you, you see the hunger, the desire, like being cultivated in them and their, in their writings, like it, it just, it gets transmitted to, you know, future generations. And so, man, I can't, I can't encourage that enough. You know, what, what's been some of your, like, I go back to this all the time.
1: Yeah. I always turn to Richard Sibbes. uh Whenever my, whenever my heart is parched, whenever I'm, I'm feeling like, um, I'm just dry or I need something. It doesn't matter what sermon I pick up of his or what part of his works I jump into. I don't know. Within five to 10 minutes, my soul is stirred. My heart is refreshed. So I, I don't know what he's doing. I need to maybe spend some time studying his process, but every single time, no matter what the subject, it just, it stirs me up. And so, you know, maybe, Who knows what? Maybe it's a placebo effect. I don't know. But every time I pick him up and start reading, I'm just like, this is, and he's, and he's simple enough to be understood by, I think, most of us. Um, And he's not like Owen, where you're trying to translate every sentence because he's so complex. Yeah. Uh, Though Owen is very rich too. Yeah. I can't agree with you
0: enough on Sibs. A couple of the ones I go back to. Uh, or Watson, Thomas Watson is a huge one for me. Uh, Thomas Brooks has been a huge one for me, um, yeah. but maybe a little bit of outside the lines. But I picked up this practice after reading a biography on Spurgeon, and in this biography, it said that Charles Spurgeon would read um, Pilgrim's Progress once a year, and so I've done that uh, the last several years, where I read Pilgrim's Progress every year. I read it to my kids. Um, and that, that helps me to, I don't know the, in a allegorical way helps me to think about where am I at how's the Lord moving me closer to the celestial city, you know, um, and and, and delights. But, you know, one of the things I think that we can agree on absolutely is the Valley of Vision. Um, the Valley of Vision is a collection of Puritan, uh, prayers and, uh, you don't know who wrote them. All you know is that I, all you can really tell is that this is formed by God's word, and they are heart cries. And man, it it's it's a uh, it's helped me to think devotionally um, and think application in my own heart when I read God's word, but also just has helped me to pray um, consistently over the years. Um, I think Mark Dever. Uses Valley of Vision as his daily devotional and has for years. Um, hmm. But yeah, I can't, I can't suggest uh, that work enough. You got any uh, parting thoughts on this one?
1: No, man. I think this was really thirst quenching and just a great reminder of the massive resources we have as believers uh, to feed our souls and to thirst upon the Living God, and I just don't think we are surrounded by people who have a hunger and a thirst for the Lord. And, and even with the internet and things like that, we're we're kind of siloed. And if we could, in our own ways, pursue Him, I think that would draw others to pursue Him as well. And um, anyways, this was just a really good topic for me. I'm excited about the next one. Do we want to give a small preview? Yeah. So chapter two.
0: The, yeah. The next one's going to be, are you governed
1: increasingly
0: by God's word? So yeah, the idea that there sense. is to increase our intake, um, of, of scripture. Um, so that's our first podcast on 10 questions to diagnose your spiritual health. How are you thirsting? Uh, what are your cravings? You know, start to think deeply about your own heart and look at how you spend your time, how you spend your resources, Uh, And, and you know, start exposing some of the maybe pitfalls you've been you've been being captured by uh, recently and start to make some course corrections.
1: I think this week, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to focus on this question. I'm going to analyze what I'm doing based on this about thirsting. And um, I think that's what my, my encouragement to you, listeners, to do the same thing, spend this week. Uh, asking about how you are thirsting that way when we hit the next question we'll probably have already induced a thirst and we'll talk about increasingly governed by the word yeah that's right well
0: guys we thank you for listening to the gospel lifeline podcast we hope you are encouraged and edified today we'll catch you next time with the second question neil matt we out Bye.